the podcast that challenges popular opinions about movies. I'm Brandon Sharp, and today I am joined by my very dear friend, Anthony Mako, for a very special version of Is It Really? How you doing, Anthony? Well, Brandon, I'm in quarantine, but I'm hanging in there, so I'm good. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. We are all, we're all trying our best. Look, other people have it worse than me. I'm in good shape, so. Something to remember. Well, it's good to have you here. Anthony is someone I would consider a baseball movie specialist. Some of you may have heard about Major League Baseball postponing, suspending, canceling opening day due to COVID-19. There are far crazier things happening than opening day getting moved a little bit, but it's definitely something that I've been feeling. I'm really missing baseball right now. And, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Baseball is something that brings joy to a lot of people. And it is a bright spot every spring, at least for me. And I'd like to just have a discussion with Anthony about our favorite baseball movies. With that being said, step into the batter's box today with Anthony and I, as we ask, what do I do with my opening day blues? Well, before we get started, I I just want to take a minute and ask the question, who is Anthony Mako? Anthony and I met in college, or maybe a little before. We both attended Mount Vernon Nazarene University in Ohio. But Anthony, why don't you just take a minute and tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I believe I was your hero. I think I don't I don't know that you're my hero. Uh, but I think yeah, agree to disagree, but I, I think it might have been that way. Uh, yeah, fine. so I live in Columbus, Ohio. I used to live in Dayton. Uh, met Brandon when I was in college. You were in high school still. Yeah, I played music for a ski retreat. We kind of got to know each other then. And then we ended up going to the same college because I'm your hero. And then, (laughs) no, we grew very close. We both play guitar. And so I'm a musician and I work at a church in Columbus and I, I have a podcast as well. So that, that brings me to my next question. You host your own podcast called Postmodern Liturgy. And why don't you tell us a little bit about what that's all about? Yeah, it's really funny on a general podcast about movies to talk about what postmodern liturgy is because it's pretty niche. But anyway, I'm super, I'm super, I'm a musician and I'm super into postmodern philosophy and I'm also into theology. And so hopefully postmodern liturgy is a mixture of all of those things. I, I like to talk about it at liturgy is the fancy word for just what happens at church. And so on, on the podcast, we try and talk about the weekly readings according to the church calendar, but I usually put a spin on it that accounts for deconstruction and doubt. So I'm sort of niche within the Christian sphere. You have to be super existentially anxious to enjoy my podcast, I think. I mean, definitely give it a shot. You might want to be, but yeah, I feel like it's very user-friendly. I didn't feel overly bogged down with anything, you know, you were talking about it. It was very insightful. I think one of the biggest selling points is Anthony mentioned he's a musician. He's actually a fantastic musician and he scores the entire episode with music that he writes and records himself. It is in many ways a complete experience. If, if ever there was a complete experience from a podcast episode. So it's very enjoyable. I enjoy it. I'm a regular listener and a subscriber. So I definitely think you should check out postmodern liturgy. I can connect the dots here a little bit too, because I think the reason my motivation for a lot of the music I write for the podcast is that I love movie soundtracks. Uh, So I try and write the music to the episode as if it were a soundtrack for this episode. So I, I, yeah, that's a good connecting point for your podcast. Excellent. I'm also a big fan of this podcast. Oh, thank you. Thank you. It's always good to have a fan. Let's get started here. So if we broaden the term baseball movie, 
to include every movie that had a baseball in it. We would also be including movies such as The Shawshank Redemption and Free Willy, which clearly are not baseball movies. That being said, what is a baseball movie to you and what makes a baseball movie great? You want to get us kicked off? Yeah, sure. So I'm going to say that I think a baseball movie to me is where the main conflict has something to do with baseball. So you have your rom-com, you have your straight up everything about the movie is baseball. Mm -hmm. All of those could be considered baseball movies, but the main point of conflict in the entire movie has to involve baseball in some way. Okay. So an example of maybe a movie that would have baseball in it, but the conflict wouldn't be surrounding baseball would be something like Trouble with the Curve, like with Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I agree. I'm sure there are some other great examples out there. I would consider Fever Pitch to fall in that category. See, I don't. I don't. Okay. Well, the main conflict is over whether he's allowed to love baseball or not. See that. Okay. That's great. I feel like it's definitely a romantic comedy though, in my book. And I think it's a romantic baseball comedy. Every movie about baseball is romantic. Well, true. They are very true. So I think we're on similar pages here. We're at least in the same chapter. I think the movie needs to center around the game of baseball. But I also think I approach this question from a place of emotional connection and nostalgia. When I think of nostalgia, I think of, um, you know, a movie like Sandlot, something I grew up watching definitely plays a role. Um, you know, what brings me that childhood joy of, of baseball? It's also the what, like get, what gets me excited for the season. But I also connect to some of these movies on an emotional level, and that may have nothing to do with the actual love of baseball. It could have more to do with like the relationships displayed in the movie. Mm -hmm. I think specifically about the movie, the rookie, definitely a story about baseball, but it's also a story about Jimmy and his father. And honestly, in, in more ways than I'm realizing now, it's a story about Jimmy and his son. And I just think some of the emotional beats that a movie like The Rookie hit are the most prominent parts of that movie. Is it perhaps that the main character's relationship with baseball and the main character's relationship with everyone else around them, those two relationships analogize each other. Yeah. So like, I think that could take the place of like the baseball conflict, like you were talking about. I, I think one thing though, that I took away the big moment, the big baseball moment in the movie, it, it isn't his team, his high school team winning their game. It certainly isn't him winning the game that he pitched in the majors. I think like the big moment was like, him going into the game. That was the big baseball moment. Just the fact that he was in the game. The sure. fact that he, he made it that far. And the reason why is because his dad always told him to give up on it. And right. so he, he overcame what he needed to overcome to be able to do it. Is that the same though? Like, would you consider that a baseball conflict? Yeah. Okay. To me, that's well, more, that's a, that's a relationship issue. Well, baseball happens in real life. So there are real life conflicts in baseball. But I, so I would say because baseball is the inciting incident of the conflict between the dad and the son, that it makes it a baseball movie. So, so, okay. So going back to his childhood, baseball is the central conflict between them is what you're saying. Yeah, it's probably bigger, but it always plays itself out in baseball. He's mad at his dad because he has to move, and which means he can't finish the season, you know, stuff right. like that. Yeah. So, no, it's not about baseball. The conflict's not about baseball, but to a child, it is about baseball. 
Okay. I think when I think of baseball conflict or a sports conflict, I'm literally thinking like your angels in the outfield, for instance, you know, they're a terrible team. They get better with some help from angels and they win the, they win the pennant, they win the season, you know? So like, I think I'm like face valuing that question, I guess a little bit. Yeah. And I think most of the, most of the conflict in angels in the outfield is slightly on the side of real human conflict compared to baseball conflict. So I would put it not outside of the baseball realm, but I'd put it on the edge of it. Interesting. So one of the things we did was we sat down and made a top 10 list of baseball movies you should be watching in place of actual baseball this spring. We'll be talking about those lists a little later in the episode, but I want to first talk about the different characters in these movies. Who are your favorites? Yeah. So uh, I have to say, first of all, I'm, I'm very skewed because I'm a Cleveland Indians fan. So of course, of course, uh, major league, I'm not going to say major league is my favorite baseball movie. But it's the one that kind of hits me because it's not even that emotional. I mean, it is sort of it is for me. I imagine other people may not find it that emotional. Yeah, it's it's mostly a comedy, I think. But I love Willie Mays Hayes and I love the manager in Major League. Those are two of my favorite characters. I I think uh, James Earl Jones stands out to me in Field of Dreams as a great fictional character. He's the voice of baseball purity speaking back to like the better angels telling you that you can just come back to this and we'll be good. Yeah, I love the movie Major League. I will say I wish the Reds had a movie. Sure. That being said, though. Well, you guys have actually won a World Series, so... I think I think I love Major League. I mean, Wild Thing, Charlie Sheen, great character. I though from Major League Two, Randy Quaid. Okay, the guy yeah. screaming in the outfield. Yeah, cracks me up. Like I, he is really funny. See, he's a little too real for me. <laughs> well, you mean like that's what it's actually like to be at a game? Yeah, Cle- <laughs> Cleveland Cleveland sports games can get rowdy. I, I think we're a little more mild mannered down in Cincinnati. Maybe that's why we haven't won in a while. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's not even that he's, he's real. It's like the depression and anger at a Cleveland sports game is not funny. Like, <laughs> <you can't laughs> so I'm like, this guy's ridiculous. He's not portraying Cleveland depression at all. He's being silly about it. It's not silly. People take it very seriously. I love how though his, I, I feel like we've already spent too much time talking about Randy Quaid's character, but I love how the, the, by the end, like he's so angry at Charlie Sheen's character throughout the whole movie. And then he like gives in like, yeah, yeah. That, that's the only part I'll give you. He's Cause back. that, that we resonate with that part. Okay. This guy is absolutely the problem and terrible until they're not all of a sudden. Oh, <laughs> uh, that sounds right. That sounds right. So one consistency in a lot of these baseball characters they like to chase the skirts they have a weakness for women right i mean i think of roy hobbs Mm -hmm. literally a bad judgment call in the beginning of the movie gets him shot yeah i think about crash davis and bull durham you know and he's chasing susan sarandon around like i was noticing it more this season of baseball movie watching just a common theme running through some of these movies at least the ones aimed at like an older crowd i would say yeah do you know why tell me tell me why it's because baseball says don't cheat on me these relationships don't ever go good if you think about kevin costner in for love of the game when he cuts into his arm 
and immediately snaps back. And it's almost like karmic. It's like, okay, we got to forget about this relationship. I have to get back to my primary relationship, which is baseball. I'm sorry. We're basically done at this point because I've cheated on my significant other, Hmm. which is baseball. So baseball is the great love affair in these movies. Yeah. That is the common theme. I mean, and if you think about it, the baseball season is intense. Yeah. Like it, it takes full commitment. It's more than half the year every day. So I, I think that's sort of the analogy there is don't get distracted too much. Right. Now, I don't want to explain away why these people are womenizers. Uh, like, I don't think that's probably good, but go have your fun. Let's not fall in love because you love me. I do want to say, though, the beacon of hope in this group of lost soul baseball players is Benny the Jet from the Sandlot. Right. Sure. When he was a kid, we don't know anything about his professional career. We know he can steal home. What more do you need to know about a man? That's true. I feel like though the the loyalty displayed in a movie like The Sandlot, which we've covered before, and I think something about Benny reaching out, befriending Smalls, bringing him into the group, challenging his friends, you know, they are very displeased. Smalls is not a cool individual. He can't play baseball. Something about Benny is refreshing. I think it's a great message for kids that really sets it apart in my mind from from some of the other kids sports movies that are out there. I think, you know, find the kid who doesn't have any friends, find the kid doing nothing on Saturday, drag him out and put a glove on his hand and make him feel like, you know, part of the team. I think that's a good message for kids. I think of the movies I've uh, I've compiled I think Sandlot is the one that like has the best message for families and kids. Yeah, I think that's also because, well, some of the other movies that pop to mind, Rookie of the Year, Angels in the Outfield, the lesson they learn in the end is that baseball is not all that important. Yeah, it's not all there is. Yeah, Because they all kind of regress and go back to their normal lives and say, I just want to be a normal kid. At the end of The Rookie, I'm always a little disappointed that he's like, I just want to go back and play Little League. Like, how do you go back and play oh, Little League oh, after what you... At the end of Rookie of the Year. You said The Rookie. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Ro- yeah. Too many rookie movies. Uh, yeah. Happen. Yeah. I agree, though. That is disappointing. He loses his gift. You just want him to be Rocket 2.0. Also, Gary Busey is kind of a stain on that movie. I'm going to say that. <laughs> Gary Busey is fantastic. <laughs> he is fantastic. Who would be a better Rocket? I can't think of anyone. He nails it. So of these movies that we've just started talking about, what are some of your favorite lighthearted, funny scenes, something you love to watch and never gets old watching it? I think for me, Major League has one after another, after another, after another. And I don't watch that specific movie extremely often. I don't watch it as much as I watch a movie like Moneyball or The Sandlot. But every time I watch that movie, it just has so many one-liners, so many moments. Every time the the manager, the gruff manager, Dorn, yeah. like yeah. I... Shut up, Dorn. I, I lose yeah. it. So good. So good. Tons of mine are in Major League. Now, this, once again, will reveal my Cleveland fandom. I'm not sure how much it taints my view. But in Major League, I have several emotional sticking points. And then Mm. I also have comedic sticking points. So yeah, everything the manager says is hilarious, but every single character has a line. I love up your bucket, Joe boo. (laughs) But then also I seriously for the, because the Indians have sort of been in the hunt the last several years. And every year I text, like, I can't even tell you how many people, 20, 25 people. I text a line where Jake Taylor says, well, I guess there's only one thing left to do. Win the whole effing thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> right after we get into the playoffs, that's what I text everybody. I text the meme of that. And then also, like for me, it's since I was a kid, I get emotional every time the wild thing music comes on. Yeah. So like if for major league hits both sides for me, because it's a lot of laughs for sure. Yeah. A lot of my moments are from the Sandlot. And this is, these are like raked over. Like these are ones that everyone knows about. They're, it's a very quotable movie. But Bull Durham this time around really struck me as like a very funny, full of like one-liners, good moments. Kevin Costner is Mr. Baseball movie. Like he's been in three pretty big baseball movies. He's clearly a baseball fan. Bull Durham, though, is definitely his funniest role. Like I think it's his most lighthearted. It it really stands out for me. I'm going to say his best role is Field of Dreams, but... I love Bull Durham, so think, I'm not going to argue too much with you. I think Field of Dreams is the better movie. Yeah. I don't know that it's a better role, though. Like, for, for me, it's pretty one-dimensional. There are some good moments, but I connect more with, like, James Earl Jones' character, I think. Yeah, and sure. even, like, Ray Liotta, the, the Shoeless Joe character, there's yeah. definitely some solid emotional moments with him. But yeah, I, I, it would be hard though. They're both good. I mean, on, honestly, you, if I use my framework that I laid out earlier, yeah. it's hard to not put Field of Dreams on the edge of falling out because it's not entirely about baseball. This is a very stringent set of parameters you've you've set up. Very strict. Well, I don't think we'd have anything to talk about if we didn't set strict parameters. I mean, I don't disagree. I don't even know. Honestly, I go with my gut on what my favorite is. You know, it's just what feels right. Come February, early March, what should yeah. I be popping in the DVD player? What just what feels right? Moneyball, the natural, the sandlot, those feel right. Something like fever pitch does not feel right. Trouble with the curve, that does not feel right. Yeah, I mean trouble with the curve does not feel right to anyone, I don't think. But I just disagree on fever pitch. I I love his devotion to the Red Sox. Also, I like I was in college that okay. year that they that they won. I'm not even a Red Sox. I hate the Red Sox, kind of, but I was excited during that series because they were down, 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 like the whole thing. You know, so it was just an amazing comeback. That's the nostalgia piece kicking me back to like, oh, you like this movie, even though it's hard for me to say whether it's a great movie or not. Yeah. Everyone was a Red Red Sox fan that year. For sure. That was a great series. Probably one of my favorites, I think. Yeah. It was one of my favorites, too. So it's no secret that a sports movie can reduce a guy to tears. Mm. What is a single moment in a baseball movie that just makes the emotional floodgates open for you? You can force me to tell you one, but in the top 10 that I made, part of the reason that the top 10 is because every single one of them has a moment that makes me cry Mm. every time and has always made me cry every time. I really am interested in how many of these we both wrote down. I feel like we probably have similar moments that make us cry. So yes, I'm just curious if, you know, if we, if we put down similar things. So yeah, you, you go. I'm going to say the one that I think is outstanding first. Then for me, like I said, when wild thing comes into the game, I tear up Okay, every time. But I remember doing that as a kid and I still do it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I will admit to you that it's not that good. And also, I think it's just because it's the Indians. Also, like back in the 90s when the Indians had a really good team, 
they called Jose Mesa the wild thing. Okay. And when he, he was the closer that actually blew it for us. But anyway, <laughs> neither here nor there. <laughs> anyway, so when he came to the game, they played the wild thing music. So it's just like a whole lifelong experience. But anyway, that's yeah. one that I think maybe you won't share. No, that is not something that, that really does it for me. But I will say that I honestly couldn't put a limit on so many things make me cry now in sports movies. I have yes. pretty much spent my quarantined time watching sports movies, some baseball, some weeping, some otherwise. Yeah. And I don't know why I'm just drawn to it. They make me feel great. And mm-hmm. like I was, I ball my, it's hope. I ball my eyes out for the, the entire second half of remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. I'm crying in the miracle. Oh, yeah. Greatest game ever played the golf movie with Shia LaBeouf. Nope. Yeah, I'm balling my eyes out when his uh, it's, it's good. I, I like, I actually like bagger Vance better, but anyway, okay. Well, I don't know that I do, but I don't, I, I like bagger Vance fine. Um, we're off topic. Now we're, now we're on, we have to title the, the episode crying movies. <laughs> okay. So, so <laughs> tippity top of my list, Hatterberg's home run in Moneyball. Yeah. I, the funny thing about that one is for me, it leads to crying but for whatever reason, I think it's the whole recipe yeah. because I talked about soundtracks. That movie has an incredible soundtrack, yes. but it's, it's the whole thing. And it is a, I would call that a gasping moment yeah. for me. I literally, it takes my breath away when that happens. It is incredibly well shot. It, ha- it yes. hits all the beats. You're, you're exactly right. It is a moment that leaves you speechless. It, it certainly does. It doesn't, yes, it doesn't strike all the chords that some of these other emotional moments might strike. It, it is, it is its own thing. It absolutely is. Yeah. It's the combination of the music because the music stops yes. at that point. It's been building forever yes. and the music cuts out. Also, I don't think I would gasp if Brad Pitt didn't snap his head around. Yeah. Like it, it's all of it hardly has anything to do with the home run. It's, it's all the things surrounding. Yes. But it, it's still, it hits me so hard. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't want to steal it from you, but I think my second one is going to end up being the rookie. Um, okay. And and my my super emotional moment in the rookie is actually when he's on the phone. He, he he gets the news that he's being called up to the big leagues, and he gets on the phone. He's telling his wife, and then his wife says, "Just hang on. You got to. There's one person you got to tell for. I'm, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> I so like I actually I I ugly cried during that moment this this yeah. time. Like I was all like tucked under my blanket, like bawling my eyes out. Yeah. So what's funny about the rookie is the moment that always used to get me choked up, say 10 years ago, was after his major league game, when he sees his dad for the first time, something about that dad relationship really like struck a chord. And I, I feel like that was the one when his when his dad's like, I wasn't missing this one like that, man, really would always hit me hard. This time around, though, the relationship between Jimmy and Hunter was so much more powerful. And I will agree, there's someone you need to tell first. I think also it starts with the wife is not thrilled. She goes in and kneels down over her sleeping son and looks up. He's got a photo of his dad throwing a baseball and he's got some other baseball cutouts over his headboard. And she's thinking about Jimmy is larger than life to their son. What would it be like to see your dad run out on a major league field and pitch in a game? What would that be like? I think that's the deciding factor for her. She's like, I think you should do it. Oh, exactly. Yeah, for sure. So like it starts with me there. So I've got that buzzing in the back of my head. And by the time he finally gets the call, he calls his wife and she's like, you got to let me add another step, though. When the manager tells him the way the manager tells him, like, takes you another step up because he doesn't tell him he's going first. And he says, seeing as you're going to. Yeah. 
hearing the news yourself that you're going after your entire life. Mm-hmm. So let me, I want to throw that in the middle before you say, I told, yeah, I totally agree with that. That there is, there is an absolute buildup to before you go, you have to tell your son, obviously it's Hunter to Jimmy, to the dad, like yes. it's, it's all of that. It's repairing that relationship, it which is, is why it's, yeah, <sighs> it's doing it right this time. Another one, though, I really was taken by the relationship between, in the natural, Roy Hobbs and the bat boy, Bobby, Yeah, for whatever reason. Just, he was totally taken by by Roy. All the other guys on the team are lowlifes, kind of. They're rough. They're, mm-hmm. you know, crude. And here comes this guy, clean cut, nice guy, gentleman, you know, he's and he's he takes Bobby under his wing. And... Specifically, the moment when his Wonder Boy bat breaks and the bat mm-hmm. boy runs out and picks up both halves, and there's just like this devastation on Roy's face. You can see it. And he's like, Hey, Bobby, go pick me out a winner. And I think he's like, I'm going to have to finish this at bat no matter what. I, I don't know. Something about trusting that moment to the bat boy really struck a chord with me. This yeah. watch through specifically. Any other? Those are my, those are my big ones there. I mean, I'm going to say, I think everybody already knows it, but Field of Dreams, mm. hey, dad, do you want to have a catch? Mm-hmm. That's huge. Yeah, there's several. I, 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 could na- I could name one in every movie that's on my list. Yeah. <laughs> I think some of the kids' movies have good beats also. I think when, you know, Danny Glover adopts the kids. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I, I would say that all of these movies have, have moments that just make me cry. Get, get me choked up yeah. for sure. When I watch a baseball movie, it's just like a hundred people are there with me. It's my dad's there with me yes. while I'm watching the baseball, you know, and my granddad yes. is there. My granddad took me to my first baseball game. He's no longer alive right. and he's there with me. And I, you know, I think of them every time I watch a baseball movie. So it's, it's not the moment that's making you cry. It's the history. You're I mean, absolutely this is something right. that's happened with me for my entire life. And my emotionalism at the Oakland A's, I don't care about the Oakland right. A's. I, I I care about these moments that have happened in my life. Yeah. And those always bring me back to those moments. Well, let's get on to what everyone has been listening to this. More crying. Yeah, let's get on to why, they, why they've been listening. <laughs> Anthony and I both put together our top 10 list of baseball movies that are just our favorites. They may or may not be the best uh, baseball movies out there, but they're our favorites. They connect with us. So this is the list of movies that we feel like you should be watching in place of your hometown team on opening day and the uh, weeks that follow. So let's do, you want to do one and I'll do one and we'll just kind of go back and forth. You want to do it that way? Sure. Uh, The first one on my list is Moneyball. Yeah, that's the first movie on my list. Also, it's one that I think of. Okay, let's admit why part of the reason Anthony is- and I have a love affair with Aaron Sorkin. I wish I had a wrote our with Aaron favorite Sorkin. television show, The West Wing. Wrote three of my favorite television <laughs> shows. Well, the The West Wing is the show, though, right? It's the show. Sure. And we naturally have followed his movie career. Also, he writes a baseball movie. I mean, this seems like a match made in heaven. Our favorite. Yeah. With Brad, with with Brad Brad Pitt Pitt. in it. Yes. This is, this is like the trifecta. So it is, is number one on my list also. All right. What's next. Okay. Next on my list is the natural. Yeah. I mean, I've, I absolutely, the natural is number, number two for me or whatever order we're going in. Um, 
It just, it strikes, it's a good combination of like old time baseball, which would I would like directly associate with my grandpa. And I, I think it hits a lot of those uh, nostalgic feels also. Plus, plus Roy mm-hmm. Hobbs is a pretty fantastic character. Yeah. Next, I'm going to go with, because it would have been one or two for me, Major League. Okay. I just on, happens to be on my list lower, but I, I didn't put them in order. Major League would have been one or two for me, probably. And then I, I'm lumping in Major League Two. Major League Three is not good. <laughs> it's okay, I guess, but it's not good. Well, the funny thing is Major League One and Two are not, I know they're not great, but also they're hilarious. And anyway, I so think they're, Major League One I think and they're two. pretty great. Major League is on my list also. It's, it's a little yeah. further down if we are going in any type of order. But it is a fantastic movie. It's hilarious. It's... Definitely for the older crowd, so don't bring the kids in for this one. But I would say that it it just kind of like it's it's wacky, and I'm I'm not I'm not going to be so quick to write off Major League Two. I'm not right. No, three is what I said is not good. I love okay. two. Okay, okay, okay. Well, I think I think Randy Quaid in in Major League Two, like we've yeah. already talked about, is is very funny. I love kind of the wild thing character arc that happens. I love that Tim Berenger's character takes over as the the manager. Um, yeah. yep. I, a lot of these things are are fantastic. I love that we get rid of the previous owner of the team. Well, who comes back? But anyway, right, right. But for the most part, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it, it's definitely on my list also. Okay, so next I have the Sandlot. Oh. So this is like the ultimate kids sports movie for me and my favorite movie for a long time. Mm-hmm. It remind just everything that makes summer great baseball firework, you know, all of that just is embodied in the Sandlot. Yeah. Fantastic movie. Yeah. I think it's probably a little idealistic. Like if you, <laughs> sure. Did that ever really exist? But, you know, whatever. That's sort of what baseball movies are. Yeah. And I think everyone would like to think that it did. I think everyone would like to think, you know, that they had those baseball memories. Like we were all just, you know, we played down at the Sandlot and we had the group of friends. And um, even the way the movie ends, just like we kept playing until, you know, and everyone kind of left at one point. But we still could. We just kept playing and we kept playing until there was no one left. I don't know. Just something about that is just like. That's childhood people, you know, you had your friends in your neighborhood and people would move away and you just kept, kept going on without them. And yeah, it is absolutely like a plus kids sports movie for me. Yeah. Bull Durham's next on my list. Yeah. More of a recent favorite of mine. It's on my list also. Are we, I wonder if our lists are going to be identical. They're not. I don't think. Okay. Bull Durham, hilarious movie. Also for an older crowd. Don't bring the kids in for this one. Kevin Costner, another great, another great role for him. Definitely more lighthearted than a movie like Field of Dreams, but it, it, yes, fantastic. The Rookie's next for me. What can I say about The Rookie that I haven't heard? Yeah, we said? talked about it a lot. It strikes all the chords, all the chords. All right. Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams is another, another fantastic movie. I don't know why I would say Field of Dreams. Field of Dreams. It's definitely Field of Dreams. I know, but I always just say Field of Dreams. This, in many ways, is the iconic baseball movie. This is what I think of. To, to me, I, w- I won't say it's my favorite. I won't even say it's the best. I think this is like, if you if you took a poll, this is like the iconic baseball yeah, movie. Yeah, it'd probably be tied. Sandlot would be up there. Maybe, yeah. I think it would, de- yeah, I think it would depend and I, on. I don't necessarily demon. agree with either one being at the very top, but yeah, I agree with you that the general consensus would be that it's it's high. Okay, now here's where we may get into some disagreement. 
My next mm-hmm. one's Fever Pitch, and you don't like that one. No, I'll admit that I haven't seen it um, a ton. I think I've seen it a few times. It's just, it to me is a little gooey. It's just a little rom It is gooey. Um, I'm not afraid of gooey, I think, is part of the thing. I'm not either if it's earned. I don't know. I'm saying too much about a movie that I'm not super familiar with. It just does not, it doesn't make my top 10, no. My next one, I don't know if you'll have or not, 61, which is Maris and Mantle. Yes, it's a very good movie. It's not on my list, though. Um, I just, I love the idea of, I mean, Mantle's the flashy one, and, and Maris is the one that's chasing the record, and the, the stress he's under, they, even though Mantle's the flashy one, he loves the game. He loves the game, right. even though, and then right. he ultimately comes back and starts rooting for his buddy, and just the conflict there that, because of the asterisks, it never became a big deal. So I like, right. I like the story. I like that it was told. Also love Barry Pepper. He is, uh, he is a highly underrated yeah, actor. Yes. He, and he's very good. Yeah. Very good. He plays Roger Maris in the movie 61. Okay. So that's nine of my 10. My 10th is a league of their own. Okay. I love okay. Tom Hanks in that movie. Uh, I love the sister relationship and the conflict and it's, it's funny. So what, what did I miss on yours? Okay. So I think, I think we were in lockstep except for I added Angels in the Outfield and Rookie of the Year. I think I put the pedal down on some kids' movies more than you did. Yeah. And this is where the nostalgia comes in. This is mm-hmm. the, these are the ones I grew up watching, and so they'll always be special to me. And I think as I become more familiar with movies like more classic the natural field of dreams. Yeah. They, they start to get bumped down on my list, but these are, these are ones that were always very special. I had also, let me say real quick. I think angels in the outfield has a little bit more substance than the, uh, and it doesn't help that I just watched rookie of the year, like in the last couple months, because Disney, yeah. Disney plus came out and rookie of the years mm-hmm. on Disney plus. So mm-hmm. I just watched it recently and, and there's a lot about it that I didn't think held up very well. Um, <laughs> So <laughs> really, what? I know it, yeah, it wasn't made for me, but I, I, I think the uh, depth of the struggle in angels in the outfit is a little deeper than the rookie. And I, I guess I don't like the gift that seems anti-baseball to me is that all of a mm. sudden he wakes up one day and has the gift and then it just disappears just like that. That's not how baseball works is I guess what I would say, mm. what I would put against it. Okay. I mean, I get you there. And I would agree. Angels in the Outfield has much more substance than a movie like Rookie of the Year. I think Rookie of the Year, though, is probably trying to accomplish a few different things. In my opinion, it's funnier. It's more lighthearted. It feels more like in your like Home Alone vein and... You know, some of those, I think they're both good in their own way, though. I loved it, but it's not funny anymore. Really? I find it hilarious still. The only part I think is funny and is, I can't remember his name. He's shaking the key. Brigma. Brig- Brigma, yeah. yeah. And it, let's play some ball. He's funny the whole movie. And he's really funny. Okay. He, okay. He's all right. Anyway, the last one, yes. which I think we're going to have a fundamental difference on, is For Love of the Game. Yeah. Now, is this actually a movie that you don't care for at all? Um, I'm going to put it on, uh, I, could, I could take it or leave it. Okay. Uh, and uh, maybe I'm, I'm 5% more than take, I would take it 5% more than I would leave it. And your big thing is this doesn't feel like a baseball movie to you. Yeah. And maybe it's the amount, like, as I've been thinking about it because of the, because of the conflict, it might be the amount of baseball that's in the movie compared to 
the amount yeah. of uh, romance that's in the movie. Yeah, it's more it's more about that. And they do they do wink toward like he's always loved this game, but they don't really yeah. they don't work for it. I think why I love for love of the game is I love the idea of someone on their way out, like a washed up yeah. baseball player, being able to just pull one more rabbit out of his hat, you know, like really buckle down and have one more great performance, you know, before he has to retire. Yeah, that's fine. So watch major league and, and Jake hits sure. the ball at the end and runs it out. Sure. I think though, something special about this, something, something very special about the way he is able to pitch that last game of his career. Yeah, but if you think about it, that's sort of ridiculous. Somebody's not going to come back the next season that threw a no hitter, just like his last game in the NFC, guys. My relationship with baseball movies is also a little ridiculous. Mine is too. Yeah. So this, this to me is. I definitely shouldn't uh, have opened the literal can of worms because there's, (laughs) we, we would have had an entirely different conversation the whole time. This, this to me though is it definitely checks at least some of my boxes. So it is. Maybe number 10 on my list. It may be at the bottom of my list, but it's on my list. It is definitely a movie that I feel like you should be watching in the absence of Major League Baseball. I'll give you that. So anyway, those are our lists. We have a a few differences, but uh, the majority, at least our top eight or seven were the same. So that should give you a, a nice, hefty library of movies to watch during this baseball blackout. Appreciate you guys listening. <laughs> Okay, Mr. Baseball, I'm going to say definitely watch Mr. Baseball. If you're a Tom Selleck fan, you need to be watching Mr. Baseball. I'm not going to say I'm a Tom Selleck fan, but I'm going to say watch Mr. Baseball. You seem like a Tom Selleck fan. I think you're like, definitely in line like Magnum with Tom P. Selleck. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. Blue Bloods. You like no, it. No, I've never seen Blue Bloods. You, you watch it. No, I don't. <laughs>